0: this episode of little bit of life podcast is sponsored by firecracker farms everything is better with hot salt elevate your food and beverages with their small batch of spicy salt handcrafted with love on their family farm with a secret blend of carolina reaper ghost and trinidad peppers they have been seen everywhere mike Forest podcast time for pie they have been seen everywhere Trust me, I am a fan. I literally put their hot salt on everything. And when I say everything, do I mean everything. I love supporting small businesses and companies that are family owned and operated. Ones that just put a little bit of love in that extra spice. Their secret lies in a scientific approach to flavor, heat dispersion, and velocity with peppers. Their pepper varieties hit hard and fast and some ramp up kind of quickly. But their hot salt is made by infusing coarse, mineral-rich sea salt with Carolina Reaper, Trinidad Scorpion, and Ghost Peppers through their proprietary recipe. Let me just tell you, they call it the Three Kings, and there is a reason. I put this on my steaks when I marinate. To say how amazing this is, I can't even express. I put it on popcorn. I put it on my salads. I put it, yes, even on fruit and veggies. There is nothing that this hot salt does not touch in my house when it comes to cooking in my kitchen. It is amazing. And yes, it comes in the most amazing little dispenser. And I take it sometimes in my purse when I go on vacation because I just have to have it. Guys, I'm really excited to have them sponsor this episode also because they're a huge supporter within the community with Blue Line Family, which is what this episode is all about today, with our veterans, and just intermixing in the community with love, a little bit of spicy, and a little bit of hot. Make sure you head on over to their website today at Firecracker Farm and order your Three Kings hot salt. You will not be disappointed. Trust me, everything in your kitchen is begging this to be in your home, and your mouth just needs the Three Kings of the Reaper, the Ghost, and the Scorpion hot salt. Head on over and order today. Welcome to the Little Bit of Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little. You may think you know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. That's until now. This podcast is dedicated to having those real, raw, and occasional chats together about what we seem to think but don't say special guests will join me that have impacted me along the way nothing is off limits sit back take time for yourself you've earned it and enjoy today's topic one voice one story at a time let's dive in together hey guys welcome in another episode a little bit of life podcast right here with your host little it's been a week Have you missed me? Because I've missed you. I'm really excited for today's very special episode and with the guests that I have on today. I cannot believe it's already been a year, one year, since I sat down with today's guest, Matt. You know him better on TikTok and social media as K9 Cash. Last year, we were in a very different position, both of us, and we talked and sat down and really dove into the topic of mental health within the Blue Line family. Now, he has been enjoying life, enjoying love, enjoying happiness, and finding his sense of freedom after retirement. Yes, Matt and Canine Cash are both retired, but with that comes the need of needing to feel that you need to be involved within the Blue Line family. Once you're retired, you're never truly out. I am so grateful that he is on today with his partner, Sam, so we can talk about their new adventure, Hurricane Creek Canine. They are Metro Atlanta's area's only police canine kennel that provides high quality working dogs to police departments throughout the country. Did you know that so many police departments right now are low funded? And what's one of the first things to go on the department? The canines. Think about that. The canines truly give such a sense of security and purpose to their handler, but they also give that to the community. So what happens in all of these departments that have low funding and they're not able to provide those canines due to the cost and the training and the vehicles and so much more that goes into it? That is where Hurricane Creek Canine is coming in, creating strong, confident canines from shelters and from rescues with those dogs that just seem to never really fit into a home. They are giving them a new home a new purpose, and providing a sense of love and security to new handlers and to our community. Sit back and enjoy today's very special episode with me, Matt, Sam, and Canine Cash with Hurricane Creek Canine. Hey guys, welcome in another episode, a little bit of life podcast right here with your host Little. We have had him on before. It's actually been a year. I cannot believe it's been a year already since Matt has come on with Canine Cash. You guys have seen him all over TikTok, but he's been busy. Um, He's actually been retired, but he has not gotten out of the canine lifestyle. I want to welcome in Matt and Samantha. How's it going? It's good to see you again.
1: Good to see you too. We are good.
0: Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. I cannot believe it has been a year since you and I sat down. We did an episode talking about mental health, being in the police department, and you dropped the hint in that episode that you were getting ready to retire. I think that was like this huge upset on TikTok. People just thought like, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And you're doing really big things now. So what have you been up to in the last couple months, in the last year since we've seen you?
2: So in the last year, um, we started the we started the kennel back at the beginning of 2022, and it became evident pretty quick that I was going to have to choose between policing and uh, policing and the dream that Samantha and I had of of building a working dog kennel and taking rescues from uh, the streets and shelters to then give them a purpose and send them to a police department. So uh, June of this year, I actually retired and Uh, cash is retired he's doing well living his best life but um, since then we have gone into hyperdrive we've got dogs going out to about 10 different departments we've got uh, we actually anniston police department in alabama their chief has entrusted us to set up their entire canine unit from We helped with their interview process for their handlers, um, everything. So they've got five dogs that will be going to them, and every one of them. And they're proud to say that they're coming from shelters and uh, rescues and going to the streets of Anniston, Alabama, to help with the crime problem. We have one there already. In three months, he's made, um, I think, about 50 cases, 10 of them that actually went federal because of the amount of narcotics or the ties. So we're, we're super proud of Odin and they've got Inc and Lucy, and then two more that'll be going after the first of the year. So they're, um, our program is really, is, is working. It's proving out, but we were, uh, we were a little bit, we were worried in the beginning, but the chief bowls and the (laughs) police department and several other departments have been, have been phenomenal. And so we're starting to get a toehold with the idea that, you don't have to have a dog that comes from Europe and is of, you know, peer, peer working lines to do the job that the these police departments need, especially when the price tag mm-hmm. of dogs is $20,000. So we, we're getting to save taxpayers money. We're getting to give a dog, more importantly, a second chance at something that they probably would have never been able to do because the dogs we look for are the ones that – that chew everything, that never leave you alone about wanting to play. Like the dogs that nobody else wants, those are the ones we want. So we've been fortunate there. But in a nutshell, that's what what we've been up to.
0: You've been making some really big moves. And I wanted to do this episode, not only to really show focus on what you're doing. Like you said, you're taking the dogs that need a home for those reasons of they chewed this. We don't have time. They're too rambunctious. They're too high energy and you're putting them to work. But so many people, when I did the poll, you know, and kind of just did a little breadcrumb drop of this episode. So many amazed me because they never realized how low funded police departments are for their canine departments. They just thought it was just a thing that it was included. And I, I love that you're providing this to so many low-funded departments that actually need this, and you're giving them an opportunity to really move ahead.
2: Absolutely, that was one of the things. I was always the guy when I was um, in the police department. I was always the guy that wanted a dog, but worked for a small department because I didn't want to be another number. But that department never had the funding. They didn't have the funding for a canine unit because there's so much that nobody realizes that goes into it. Of course, you know you gotta you gotta purchase the dog. And depending on where you go, it's between 12 and22,000 dollars for a fully trained patrol dog. Um, if you're just looking for narcotics and tracking, it's a little less. Um, but still, I mean, that's a big chunk out of a city budget. And then you talk about having to outfit a car with another three or four, thousand dollars for a kennel, and then you have to pay the handler when they're off duty. 30 minutes a day, an hour a day. That stuff adds up. It normally comes out to somewhere around ten to $15,000 a year, depending on the department and their hourly rate. And then you have vet bills that the department has to pay. You have food bills that the department has to pay. And what you find is even some very large agencies operate solely off donations for their canine unit. And I mean, in Georgia, we're very thankful to have the Georgia Police Canine Foundation where any equipment that our dogs need, vests, kennels for cars, things like that. They provide for them, but that's not everywhere. So we kind of took that mission in mind of there's people out there in the departments that need these dogs are normally underfunded. And that's where these dogs can make the largest impact because they're in in socioeconomically depressed areas where you have a high drug problem and you have high crime rates and A canine's a great equalizer and a force multiplier in that sense. So we've, we've been fortunate to, to be able to marry those together. And I have to give all the credit in the world to Samantha because I, I had kind of a framework. She had a passion and a framework, but she, she is such the brains behind the operation that I, I can't say enough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for her.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) I was just going to introduce her as we need to talk to the beauty and the brains behind the kennel because we see her in so many videos kind of behind the scenes. So tell us a little bit about Hurricane Creek for those that have no idea about the department, what you guys are doing and the big changes that you're really pushing to make.
1: Yeah, so um, how we wanted to structure the business was we wanted to make our mission rescuing working dogs because so many, uh, like Matt was testifying about, so many of them Get adopted by families that really think that they want a German shepherd, they really like the look of a Belgian Malinois, and then they get to the reality of the situation, which is the dog is you know, needs a lot of training, needs a lot of exercises, destroying their home. Might not be great with their kids or other family members, um, and have natural protective instincts and all of that stuff. So they remain; they end up in the shelter, um, or they end up on you know rehoming websites where they're like, "Please, somebody, you know, take my dog. I can't deal with it anymore." So we take all those dogs. We want all of that energy. Uh, we want all of that drive. We we don't mind if they try to destroy the couch or the house or the wall sometimes. So we just oh, where I come? Okay, yeah. So. My back, my background is in rescue, um, as well, but, um, so I had been rescuing for years before this. I'd rescued my, my search and rescue canine. I've rescued my now current search and rescue canine as well. Um, and, uh, I also what Matt likes to point out is that I totally cracked out from Wall Street. So I started my career in in finance. Um, But I always had a passion for dogs. um, And I was doing rescue on the side when I was working on Wall Street. Um, So I just, I got to the point where um, I really just wanted to pursue my passion. And when Matt and I met, um, we both had a passion for canine and a passion for rescue. Um, So we really just matched up completely our mission is rescue so we rescue our working dogs um and what we do is we're able like matt was saying to provide canines to police departments um that couldn't afford them before because our prices are really subsidized because of being able to rescue our working dogs um and we put a lot of time and effort into training them so um but we're able to offer them for a lower cost also um yes we also have a lease program which um means that a department can pay for a canine over time, over years. So um, something like that is really cool and really special and something that that is Matt's total brainchild. He thought of that from being in canine and his years in policing, and we thought it was so, so cool. Um, And also our mission for our rescue for our 501c3 is that we donate um, canines throughout the year to underfunded police departments that have their, you know, their city's not giving them any money for a canine unit, but they could desperately use one. We will donate the dog in its entirety and its training to that police department as well.
0: I think the big question when it comes to nonprofit, especially when you're dealing with animals is the cost. And that's why we're doing this episode because not only are police departments low funded, but in order to do the job that you're doing, it's a lot of cost. It's a lot of time. And patients and food and vet bills and care, especially what you guys just posted, especially on social media. You have rescues that come in that have a lot of medical needs that someone has to take care of, which is why we're doing this episode. Um, I love the ones that you always show. You're very vulnerable. Hey, guys, we need some help. This is the one we have. This is what's going on. But you allow everyone in social media to be a part of the training journey, which I think is fantastic, because I think on the other side, we become bonded to these animals I can't imagine how it is to actually provide them to a police department after you've done the training and the bonding and like you've really fallen in love with them.
2: It
1: we've cried. Odin
2: <laughs> Odin that went to Anniston was our was like the, the guy that started us all and he came from the Cobb County Animal Shelter. They weren't gonna adopt him to anybody but a, a licensed rescue. And uh, I went and met him at like two thirty in the morning one day while I was still policing, and he um just immediately You could tell he had the it, drive, everything that he needed. And so got off work, got maybe, no, I went straight to court. And then after court, I went home and Sam and I went and picked Odin up. And Odin was just amazing from the beginning. So we like really bonded with him. And one of the things when you're doing rescue and you're training a dog, especially for police work, you have to remember that you can't, you got to love them. Because they need the love, but you can't over love them to where you get either a too attached to them, or b they get too attached to you. And so it was constantly mm-hmm. I had to tell Sam because she'd sneak Odin in and let yeah. him sit on the couch and love on him. And it so
1: I loved him. I loved him so much.
2: It's it's a hard balance when you're talking about rescuing these dogs instead of like other kennels and not knocking anybody else. But you know when when you're talking about these other kennels, they get dogs in from. From Europe or here or there, the dogs are a commodity. To us, every one of these dogs has a story. And, like, Odin was, Odin ended up being amazing, and he ended up going to Aniston. And, like, the successes that his handler has had, um, that they've had together so far, like, I get a, I get a call at, like, 11 o'clock at night, and it's his handler out of breath. And my heart, after 20 years of policing, my heart goes to, like, the, my head goes to the worst place. And my stomach sinks and I'm like, something's happened to Odin. And he's like, dude, Odin just found his first person on a track. Like, I wondered what I was, how I was going to feel when I got out of policing. And I didn't have that, that impact on a, on the greater society, I guess, that I, I had when I was in it. But that night it made me realize, you know, being able to do this and taking that knowledge and, uh, Putting these dogs out to departments is making such a greater impact and we're gonna just keep multiplying that the more dogs that go out. So it was really cool to get those successes. It's cool to get the pictures. You know, we're when Odin left we definitely cried, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and we do take the dogs that um are on the brink of being put down, unfortunately. Odin was not the case, but he was probably getting close. Um, some dogs we've gotten there 45 minutes before they're supposed to be put down. Um, or, you know, somebody isn't having a great day and they're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm about to put these three Malinois down. Sorry, but we're done. So we have to Mm -hmm. scramble to try to get there to pull these dogs. Um, and a lot of the time, if we're scrambling like that, we're not even sure that this dog's 100% going to work because if we rescue a dog, we're like, okay, this dog is our responsibility now from start to finish. Whether or not they have the drive to work or not, we're going to find them the right home regardless. Um, we have no no dog that is ever going to leave our kennel without a purpose or a home.
0: I think it's really hard, especially when you are talking about it. So many people don't realize that these types of breeds are not meant for to lay around your house, to be lazy, to just kind of wander around and just kind of be that you know family pet. So I think it's really important that you're finding these, especially with, you know, social media. They want people like, you know, all the movies are coming out. Oh, I want this dog on they're high energy. I mean, you posted one that was standing on top of the kennel. On top of the kennel. I'm like, oh yep, there it is. <laughs> that
1: was Ink or Baby Apollo. Ink. ink. Yeah. So Ink, Ink we found he's has a handler. Um, we're really, really proud of Ink. He's going to Aniston. He's going to Aniston. Um, but yeah, he was left at a at a gas station in his crate um by the garbage um so it was just you know and he's such a good dog um baby apollo was another one and he's a really special case he may live with us forever we don't know but we love him anyway it doesn't matter to us (laughs)
0: So I think the big question that so many ask is, what do you need? What does your kennel need? Because you guys are posting so much. You guys are taking in so many. Um, Knowing that they have a purpose and they have a story, you're kind of that in-between. You're like that babysitter of, hey, we're going to take care of you. We're going to foster you until you get to your next location. So how do we donate and what can we do in order to help more animals, more dogs come through your kennel that actually will go out in the future for new handlers? I know, Sam, I can see her looking like, what do we need? Like, there's a lot of lists that we need.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think the biggest thing, too, would be the the donation dogs. And so, like, donating a dog fully to a police department because for us – we only—the only reason that we provide police departments low-cost dogs that they actually initially have to pay for is because we have to keep the lights on, plain and simple. And it's just—it's hard to um, to run a kennel and run a rescue um, without, you know, some kind of funds coming in. Um, but what we've been wanting to do a lot more of is have— um, You know, do a raise for dogs that we can fully donate the training, the dog and any extra equipment, food plan, all that kind of stuff to the police department. Um, so we've been deciding to, to try to do like a dog of the month and we'll, you know, we have a couple of dogs that, um, are works in progress right now that don't have a a home, don't have a handler, don't have a police department, but we know they'd be great. So we're trying to do something to where it's like, okay, Hotch is the dog of the month and we're trying to, you know, get some, some funds together to be able to donate him to a police department, um, along with his handler school, the training, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. And cause like to this point, um, until our 501 C3 came through and all of that paperwork was done and everything, and we could stand up that side of it, the for-profit's been paying for the nonprofit side. So you're talking,
1: we funded it ourselves. We funded it yeah. right
2: out of our pocket, and to to keep the lights on like our water bill at the kennel is $400 a month
1: our water bill the electric
2: the oh electric <laughs> is between you know everything that we need for them and then the food bill every month i mean you consider we feed we feed high quality food because these dogs are need high quality food and they need mm. different sub they need different nutrition than a lot of dogs so the food that we feed is is $80 a bag and we and go then, through god probably 10 or 12 bags of food a month and right. so there's that then of course there's the vetting because we want to make sure that they're completely healthy there's
1: we do the health guarantee we do hips and elbows we just we want to provide the same quality of dog and quality of training and health guarantee and workability guarantee than kennels that you have to pay fifteen thousand dollars for the dog we want to provide that same quality and level of of what of customer experience or, or whatever it may be well we don't um, in
2: policing when you it, it's weird so there there's kind of this connotation that comes along with oh well it's donated so it must be worthless or we're not getting the same thing as somebody else and that's not the case here we warranty all of the dogs that go out for 3 years if they have if they have a condition that's going to cause them to not be able to work well more than anything we don't want the dog to be uncomfortable so we're going to replace that dog to them for for no charge and we're going to get them back on the road so it's we want to provide the same level that like sam said any kennel that does it provides 15 20 25,000 dollars dog we don't want these guys to feel like they're settling because they got this dog and the overreaching mission is to prove to people that look pedigree means nothing at the mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's the drive it's the drive and the will to work like right now we've got a pit bull named Louie. louis, louis is my heart project i worked a pit bull before i had cash awesome awesome dog great drive and she took a lot of drugs off the street and she found a lot of people and nobody else would have given her a chance. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's also a bigger piece of this that I found that this is a way to really break down the divide between police and the community dogs. I mean, cash and all of his followers, it proved to me and it kind of pulled me out of a place in my career where like during that time, everybody hates the police, everybody this, but then you see the support and it, Dogs are the great equalizer. And the more that we can get out there and the more that we can educate these handlers during handler school, that look, this is not only a tool to go and do your job, but this is also a living, breathing being that has a story. And that's a story that you should share with people because it resonates with people. And like I've arrested people before when I had Ruby and they were going to jail for a long time because she just found pounds of narcotics. All they wanted to talk about was how cool it was that we had a pit bull. You know, they were like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to jail, but man, y'all got a pit bull. Like, look, I got a pit bull at home. And it it really becomes this kind of tie that bonds people together, even in situations that are messed up. And so there's just so much good that we can do. It's just one of those things that with the nonprofit, it came just in time because funds and, you know, I came up in policing. You didn't ask for stuff, but I'll tell you right now, it is with these dogs and seeing the successes I I have no pride when it comes to doing the right thing for them. So if we if we we need things, we're going to put it out there nowadays. Yeah. Um,
1: and we're both handlers, so we know what mm-hmm. what these departments want and what other handlers want because we handle dogs and we know, you know that okay, I just want my dog to find what what I need them to find. I don't care what breed they are. I don't care where they came from. As long as they'll work and work with me and we're a good partnership, I'm happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. If we have a police department that's maybe listening to this and they're like, you know, we're low funded. We've been looking for something like this for so long. How do they get a hold of you or reach out to you if they're interested?
2: So they can go and I've got to add it to, and I'll I actually here in just a little bit, I'll add it to our, uh, it's called rescue to resource. That's dot org org. yes (laughs) um rescue to resource and to is spelled out um but yes rescue to resource dot org and it kind of gives a brief overview of what we do and i'll add the tab in there for police underfunded police departments to um to call us and we can talk to them we'll um we'll have a contact form on there as well there's that's also on our other side there's a link but for the rescue side, um, they just come to rescue to resource dot org and then follow the the link for PDs, and they can reach out. And any of the listeners that know of anybody in a police department that's looking for a canine, and they've always heard their friends say, "Yeah, they'll never do it because we don't have the money for it." Call mm-hmm. us; we can we can make it happen. It's just it, it's right now. I think it's just getting the word out there mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is hard. I mean on the other side of our business advertising reigns king these days and you never seem to hit the right market you know it yeah. just unless you're you're pouring money into a marketing firm and to me if we're pouring money into a marketing firm we're we're not doing any good for the dogs because the the cost of paying a marketing firm to do that is taking food out of those dogs mouths
0: mm-hmm Well, and so many don't realize there's a lot of budget cuts that are happening, probably more than you think. And so especially in departments, usually and unfortunately, the canines are one of the first programs to go if it's a small town, if it's a small community. That is something that's going to be pulled very quickly. So, I wanted to do this episode to show there is still that possibility. The dogs and the handlers bridge that gap in the community. When you see police officers, it is also a form of your mental health and it's a form of therapy, not only to have the dog with you, but it's also therapy, like you said. When you're doing a rest, when you're there, it's bridging that gap in between you. And the perpetrator, it's something that is allowing you to have conversations and it's kind of relieving that pressure. So when you remove canines out of a department, you're removing more than just a dog. You're removing that from the handlers, you're removing that from the mental health of the department, and you're removing that from the community. So I love what you guys are doing, that you're providing this as an option for low-funded but you're taking that restriction out of the breed of, like you said, it's about the drive. It's about the motivation. It doesn't matter the breed that you have. You guys have one now. She's all black. I believe she's a lab. And you guys are just working her. You can see the drive and determination behind her. She is a go-getter. She's, Pepper
1: she's gonna, the
2: rock star.
0: She's going to be very cool. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So she and I I told you, she was an owner surrender. And I had told um, the parents I was working with, parent, Pepper's parents, I was working with them a little bit. And um, they were like, listen, you know, she's, she's doing all these things. We don't know how to control it. We don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, I'll help you. You know, I'll help, help you do the training or do whatever I can. And it ended up being like, listen, we can't handle her. This is not the dog for us. I'm like, I'll take her. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take, I knew it. I knew she had the drive to work. She was the coolest puppy I'd ever seen. She's the, one of the, puppies at the most drive i've ever seen she's
2: five and a half months old and she's on odor. yeah
1: she's five and a half months old and she's on odor on narcotics odor um she's smart as a whip friendly just the coolest dog and i i was over the moon to have her (laughs) (laughs) because i run a black lab my search and rescue canine is the black lab so that came from a shelter shelter. and she is an amazing amazing working dog so I, i love the labs
0: I unfortunately do not have a good working dog. I have a meatball. He's just a little French bulldog. but can only breathe out of one side of his nose, but he tries. So he knows how to get to and from the food bowl and to and from the couch. That's about the limit. That's all, but, that's all he needs. <laughs> but I really appreciate you guys coming on and talking. I will share all your information in the bio description. I am strongly urging listeners. We are reaching a global platform with this podcast. And it's because we are doing the right thing for the right companies and for the right places that we need to be a part of. And that's why I did this episode. So many people love Canine Cash and as we know, they love seeing him on the job. But now I feel like this is on to bigger and better things. He's retired. He's living his best life. And you've really, like I said, you have found your passion and something that you're helping low funded departments find an answer to what so many of them hear of the answer. Nope, we don't have the money. Maybe later maybe later. Well, you're taking that bond and you're taking the opportunity out of your department when maybe now is the time when it is an option that is a lower cost with a dog that is amazing for not only the handler, but the department and the community. So thank you guys so much for coming on. And I can't wait to help out, get some businesses together and really get you guys thriving and striving. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's a wrap already on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for spending your time right here with me. And a very special thank you to today's sponsor. We are stronger together, louder as one, and truly a family connected. Be sure to leave a review to bring others along this journey with us. Tune in weekly on your favorite streaming platform. Or if you're interested in being a guest, send me a message today. Let's get to talking. Until next time, be good to others, be good to you. See you next week.